Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, this is my birthday special episode. I'll be doing a player spotlight on the great Ann Myers Drysdale. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we are back once again. Your boy GD with the All Things Basketball Podcast. So this episode is going to be my special birthday episode. I always do special birthday episode. I did one last year. I covered the late, great Bob Lanier. This year, I wanted to do something a little different. I was watching the WNBA I watched that weekend all the games that I was able to watch. And I was able to catch Brittany Griner's home game in Phoenix. It was her first game back in Phoenix amongst the home crowd. Of course, they gave her love. And she got love also when she played in L.A. on that Friday. A lot of people came out for that. But this was her home game. So, you know, a lot of people in that building was happy to see her back on the home court. And this one particular person who has very close ties with the Phoenix Mercury. In fact, she's the color analyst for the Phoenix Mercury. And her name is synonymous with women's basketball. We know her as Ann Myers. But her name now is Ann Myers Drysdale. So let's talk about her, guys. Ann Myers Drysdale. She was born March 26, 1955 in San Diego, California. She grew to be 5 foot 9, 134 pounds. She was a guard, but you know something? She could play multiple positions. She was that good. And her full name at birth was Anne Elizabeth Myers. Her parents were Bob Myers, who played, he played guard in his day at the University of Marquette. And then as a pro, he played in Milwaukee for a team called the Shooting Stars. So not NBA, but another pro league nonetheless. And then her mother was Patricia. Amongst her siblings, 11 children, guys, so... A lot of them took up athletics as well, so Anne was number six amongst the 11 children. It was five boys and six girls. Her older brother, Dave, he was a former basketball player at UCLA. In fact, he was All-American. I'll give a little bit more of that later, but he was a three-time NCAA champ coached by the legendary John Wooden. And then later, he would be drafted into the NBA, and he would play professionally for the Milwaukee Bucks. And she had an older sister named Patty. Patty was the oldest of the children. And Patty, she was quite the athlete herself. Former basketball player, volleyball, softball also. She played at Fulton Junior College, and then later at Cal State Fulton. It was there where her 1970 team won the AIAW National Championship. This was a predecessor to the NCAA tournaments and those championships. 
She also played AAU ball on the same team with Ann. So Ann was younger, of course, and her older sister Patty was on the team. She went on to coach at Pepperdine University as well, and she coached there for seven seasons, compiling a 46-70 record and led her team to three AIAW tournament appearances. So Patty, someone that Ann really looked up to, as well as her brother Dave, of course. She was the first star of the family, if you will. So, and growing up in such a ultra-competitive household, that prepared Anne for the success she would later enjoy. She started playing basketball at the tender age of four years old, guys. Talk about starting early. Wow. She even broke her ankle trying to keep up with her older brother, Dave, as they were doing drills in the house and so forth. She broke her ankle. But nonetheless, Anne persevered, and we fast forward to her high school days. Initially, she attended Connolly High School in Anaheim, California, but would move on to Sonora High School, and that was in La Habra, California. And she went to that school because they felt that she was able to flourish better in a more competitive environment, which Sonora High School provided. Anne was a seven-letter player in sports like basketball, softball, field hockey, tennis, badminton, track and field. I mean, she did everything but clean up the gym, Anne did. And while playing as a basketball player, the team compiled a 80-5 and record during her playing days. And she accumulated up to 13 MVPs in a variety of high school sports. So talk about somebody covering the whole gamut and was able to do that. She became the first high school student to play internationally for a U.S. national team when she was named to the team while they were qualifying for the 1975 FIBA World Cup and then later this 1975 Pan Am Games. So, and went to UCLA on a full scholarship. She's the first woman to do so. And I actually have excerpt of why she chose UCLA. And this was what was said. This is Anne. That didn't even sink in. For me, it was like, you're kidding. I can go and get an education at UCLA. So I didn't really understand the impact that it would have in years later. I didn't understand the impact of what getting a scholarship would mean and what going to UCLA would mean. She was also asked in an interview, why UCLA? Kenny Washington was the women's basketball coach at UCLA. And my brother David and Kenny were roommates when they were playing at UCLA. So it kind of fell into place. So when David and Kenny came home one weekend, Kenny said, how'd you like to go to UCLA? We'll give you a scholarship. I was God-smacked, really. I had no words for it. To be a senior in high school and have no idea what you're going to do, then to be able to go to such a university like that where my brother was, was pretty awe-inspiring. So, needless to say, Anne was excited about the opportunity. So, she goes to UCLA on the full scholarship for the four years. And, of course, UCLA is the same college as her brother Dave attended. 
She was coached by Kenny Washington, as we said, a former UCLA player who played with her brother Dave. After her freshman year, she was named All-American. And at the same time, her brother Dave, as a senior, was also named All-American. So they became the first brother and sister combination to do this at UCLA. And then this feat wasn't duplicated at UCLA until just this past season where Jaime Jaquez Jr. and his sister Gabrielle were both named All-Americans. Him for basketball and her for basketball as well. So, And would go on to have a stellar playing career at UCLA. She would be later coached by Billy Moore. Her last two seasons, in fact. And in her senior year is when Anne would reach the pinnacle. UCLA ends up winning the AIAW championship in her senior season. And they won it over Maryland 90-74. And on that team with her was Denise Curry. Another All-American in her right. And also in... And senior year, she was the first player, male or female, to record a quadruple double. It was in a game on February 18, 1978, and she did it against Stephen F. Austin University. This was a stat line, guys. 20 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, and 10 steals. Wow. Talk about coming up big time. And did just that. She finished her career at UCLA with a 17.4 point average, also 8.4 rebounds, 5.6 assists, and 4.2 steals. And upon graduation, Anne held 12 of the 13 major school career records. And quite the player, I must say. Internationally, Starting with the 1975, she played the Pan Am Games. Also, she played in 1975 the FIBA World Cup. Then she would go on to play for the 1976 Olympic qualifying team in that tournament. And then later she would play in the 1976 Olympics. And that was the first, well, let me hold off on that. Then she would go on in 1977. She played in the World University Games. Then in 1979, she would go on to play for the Pan Am Games. She played in that. The FIBA World Cup in 1979. Also the Sparta Cade. She played in that also. And in the R. Williams Jones Cup. So in total, Anne accumulated four gold medals and three silver medals. So pretty awesome stuff. And of course, it includes the first women U.S. team to play in the Olympics ever. And that was in 1976. In fact, that team is going to be honored at the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame this September because the entire team was inducted. And that team was coached by, actually, Ann's college coach, Billy Moore. And on that team was Lucy Harris. I did a player spotlight on her last year. 
Also, Nancy Lieberman was on that team. Patricia Roberts, Cindy Brogdon, and a host of others, including Pat Head, who we would know later as Pat Summit, the great coach of Tennessee. And Ann was a starter on this team, so pretty prolific stuff, guys, that's for sure. Okay, so with Ann's career done at UCLA, she was still competing internationally. She was the first woman player to be drafted by a pro team in the Women's Professional Basketball League, which was known as the WBL at the time. She was drafted by the Houston Angels in 1978, but she never played for that team because at the time, if you signed a pro contract, that means you could not compete in international play. So Ann knew that, so she held off on competing as far as in that pro league. So that's when she go on to those several tournaments in 1979. When she did play in the league, it was in 1979-80 season, which was a rookie season. She ended up being named co-MVP along with Molly Bolin. And she actually played for the New Jersey Gyms at the time. Now, Anne was able to compete in the WBL that season that I mentioned because in preparing for the 1980 Olympics, in the midst of that, she got a call from Indiana Pacers owner at the time, Sam Nassie, who offered her a contract and a chance to try out for the Indiana Pacers. The owner at the time felt, with the three-point shot being introduced to the NBA, that she would be a perfect fit for the team as far as three-point shooting goes. But in order for Ann to accept signing the contract, which was $50,000 at the time, she'd have to give up her amateur eligibility, which meant she would be missing the 1980 Olympics. Anne thought about it. She sought the counsel of family in helping her make this all-important decision, and her family gave their full-throated support and guidance to her. Of course, you had your naysayers, those that expressed their dismay with her doing this. One of those people being the Indiana Pacers head coach at the time, Slick Leonard who wasn't thrilled at all that his new owner put him in that position where he had to try out and for the team. And also the media at the time thought it was all a publicity stunt by the Indiana Pacers. So you had your naysayers there. And this would not be, of course, the first time that Anne has had to compete with boys or men. As she did so while playing in high school, she was on the boys summer league. And this was between her junior and senior year in high school. And she had a real chance to make it to the boys' varsity team. But much like this instance here, you had your naysayers and those that kind of tried to talk her out of doing so. And they were successful with that. And that, I think, kind of prepared her for this moment. And then also, Anne would later compete against men and female athletes across all sports in a TV series called The Superstars. But she did this after this tryout, by the way. She did it from 1980 through 1983. 
She was a three-time woman's champ in this series. And there were times also where she had to compete against men, including Ronaldo Nehemiah, the track star, also another track star, Edwin Moses, basketball great Rick Barry, and also in this competition were men like Mark Spitz, the famous swimmer, also O.J. Simpson, we know him from football, Joe Frazier, the boxer, of course, legendary boxer, and Mark Astinall of New York Jets fame in football. So she would be competing amongst those athletes there, as well as female athletes like Nancy Lieberman, her teammate on that 1976 Olympic team, as well as Lynette Woodard, another basketball great, and many other female athletes across the spectrum of sports. But let's double back to the tryout. So Anne went about this tryout like she does everything else in competition, giving it her very all. She was preparing herself physically, mentally, and psychologically. She did six to eight hours of workouts each day leading up to the tryouts. And the tryouts consisted of three days with them having to do two-a-days, which meant two practices in a day. And these tryouts occurred in September of 1979. So Anne understood the assignment and she did very well in these tryouts. So much so, it impressed the coach Slick Leonard. Although in the final analysis, she didn't make the roster, she did impress all who witnessed those tryouts, including Coach Leonard, who said he was proud of what she was able to do during these tryouts. So, Ann Myers, she makes her mark in NBA history and sports history with this tryout. And the tryout actually did open a new door for Ann, the world of sports broadcasting. What happened was, her brother Mark, who was an attorney at the time, negotiated her contract with the Indiana Pacers, and he made it into a personal service contract, which means that if she didn't make the team, she would still be part of the organization in other capacities, such as public relations and also broadcasting. This would open a huge door for Anne. She would then become the first female color commentator in the NBA. And this was also around the time ESPN first launched their channel as the first all sports network. So her coming into the broadcasting business coincide with ESPN's birth. So Anne would go on to a illustrious broadcasting career. One that spans over four decades, including covering the NBA, the Indiana Pacers, of course, we know of, and most recently, the Phoenix Suns. She did color commentary for them from 2012 to 2018. The WNBA, she was the lead analyst when the league first began, and she did that from 1997 to 2002. And most recently, she now does color commentary for the Phoenix Mercury. Also, she would be an announcer during the 1984 Olympics. 
also for ESPN. She would work there doing both men's and women's NCAA basketball, and she's been with them since 1983. She also did the Goodwill Games. She did it in 1986, 1990, and 1994. She's also done NCAA women's softball and also volleyball. And now to her obtaining the surname Drysdale and met her future husband, Don Drysdale. Don Drysdale, the former L.A. Dodger and Hall of Fame pitcher, they met while Anne was competing in the Superstar Series, the ABC Series, and that was during 1980. They started out as friends and then it later blossomed into a full-fledged relationship and then the two would marry November 1st, 1986, thus becoming the first Hall of Fame couple in their given sport to marry. And once again, making history, of course, with her marriage. And the marriage was only for over six and a half years. Don, unfortunately, passed away July 3rd, 1993, from a heart attack. And that occurred in Montreal, Canada. And he was age 56. And actually, that occurred 20 days before his birthday. They had three children together, Don Jr., Darren, and daughter Drew, who was born in March of 1993, just months before Don's passing. Ann Myers Drysdale, she has an autobiography. I love the title of it. You Let Some Girl Beat You? The Story of Ann Myers Drysdale. And that came out on May 15th, 2012. She was the author and co-author of the book was Joni Ravina. And the foreword was written by Julius Irving. So Julius Irving had a high amount of respect for Ann Myers and her game. So guys, that is Ann Myers' career in a nutshell. Let us talk about her accolades, shall we? Four-time Kodak All-American at UCLA. She won the Honda Sports Award, and that was given to the most outstanding women's college basketball player, and that was in 1978. Also in 1978, she got the Broderick Cup for most outstanding woman athlete in collegiate sports. So, She was inducted into the International Women's Sports Hall of Fame in 1985. She was inducted into the UCLA Athletics Hall of Fame as the first woman to do so, and that was in 1988. Her number 15 jersey retired along with teammate Denise Curry, as well as UCLA men's basketball greats Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton. And this happened in 1990. The criteria for getting your jersey retired you have to have been a three-time All-American. She was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 1993. She is the first woman to compete in the Celebrity Golf Association Championship. That was in 1994. Her player jersey was retired at her alma mater, 
Sonora High School in 1995. She was inducted into the National High School Hall of Fame in 1995 as well. She was presented with the Mel Greenberg Media Award. And this is given by the Women's College Basketball Association. And this occurred in 1999. And this award goes to a member of the media who has best displayed a commitment to women's basketball and to advancing the role of the media in the women's game. So she got that award. Most recently, who received that award? Holly Rowe from ESPN. And was also inducted as a charter member into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, also in 1999. She was named as a Wooden All-Time All-American by the Wooden Award in conjunction with the LA Athletic Club. And this was in 2001. And so fittingly so, because she spent a lot of time with John Wooden. John Wooden being have coached her brother so and had access to John Wooden was able to get those pearls of wisdom from him so and also received a NCAA silver anniversary award on the 25th anniversary of her UCLA team winning their national championship joining William Nollis Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton as the only UCLA athletes to receive this prestigious award and was also inducted into inaugural class of the FIBA Hall of Fame as one of three recipients who were U.S. citizens. The other two being Coach Dean Smith of course the University of North Carolina and Bill Russell when he played for the University of San Francisco. And was a sports ambassador for the Special Olympics, the Southern California Division. And she did that for over 30 years. She's been involved in that organization. And also she is a board member of the Lot Impact Trophy. And this is given to college football's Defensive Impact Player of the Year. And this award is named after pro great Ronnie Lott. So who says UCLA doesn't get along with USC. So they did in this regard. So that is her accolades. That's all her accolades there. A couple of quotes that I have from her. And then I'm going to close it out. This is and talking about the WNBA. Of which she's been such a part of that. What I say about the WNBA the passion not only that the fans have for the teams, but the players in playing the game. You'll find watching them play that you'll get caught up and appreciate the passion they have for their work. So that's Anne talking about the league that she covers, and that is the WNBA. This is regarding her tryout. We'll give you that quote and then we'll close it out. It was the best decision I have ever made in my life. When I was in high school, I played on the boys' summer league team between my junior and senior year in high school, which I mentioned earlier. I had planned on playing on the boys' varsity team during the regular school season, but a lot of things were said. When you're in high school, emotions are changing and you're physically changing, so you care about what people say. So even though I had played on the summer league team, as much as I wanted to play on the boys' varsity team, I let people talk me out of it. 
After UCLA, all of a sudden I get a call from the Indiana Pacers, Sam Nassie, who's the new owner and lives in California. He said, how would you like a tryout? My brother Dave was already playing for the Bucks, And I looked back five years before that and said, well, people talked me out of it one time. I'm not going to let them talk me out of it a second time. I thought it was an opportunity of a lifetime. It was not an easy decision for me, but once I made the decision, I thought, I'm just going to put everything into it. I know physically, mentally, and emotionally, it was the best I was ever prepared to play the game of basketball. I probably worked out six to eight hours a day, just trying to train for this one opportunity. Certainly, publicity was involved, and I don't deny that, but I was never one that went out and sought it. And then, well, I'll read this last one. And this is about her getting a fair shot in that tryout with the Pacers. It was difficult for Slick Leonard, who was the coach, because he came from a generation where women were in the home raising a family and not out on the basketball court with a bunch of guys. I'm sure he was put in a very difficult position, but I was 24 years old and focused on me and nothing else and trying to do the best that I could. Did I get a fair shake? I would have liked to have gone on to the next round of the free agent rookie camp. I went through the three-day process with two practices a day. So we had six practices, and then I was basically let go even though it was a personal service contract where I was working for the organization. When Slick told me, hey, you did great. We love that you came out here, but we're going to move on. I was not happy. I was hurt. I was broken. I thought I had played well enough to go on to the next level. But it opened so many doors and gave me the opportunity to meet Don and my life changed. So that pretty much tells the story there. And like I said, that opened up the opportunity for her to meet her future husband when she went on to compete in the Superstar series. So, all right, with that said, that is it. So, Ann Myers Drivedale, we salute you. We thank you for all you've done for the game of basketball, especially women's basketball. I first started watching college basketball. Any of the big games, especially on ESPN, that was the voice I heard. She knew what she was talking about. She was very well versed in the game. And I definitely appreciated my time watching women's basketball with her doing the color commentary. That's for sure. And much like today... You have now Rebecca Lobo, who's fantastic in the booth. Think of her. I think uh, Sarah Kustoff. She does Nets game, but she also covers some WNBA as well. And there's others as well that I can name. But Ann Myers set the standard when it comes to women doing color commentary in the booth for basketball. So Ann Myers Drysdale. We salute you, we appreciate you, all that you've given to the game, and so on and so forth. And may you continue to do so and be a bright light on the women's game of basketball, as you always have done. With that thousand-watt smile that you have as well, we appreciate you. Alright guys, so that's going to do it for me. This is my birthday special edition episode. Guys, you know where to find me, allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. 
I'm on all the platforms, so on and so forth. YouTube, all those places. So, Alright guys, and you, you can support me through Anchor, buy me a coffee, all that's on my website. So go there guys. Alright, so that's it for me. I'll come back. Conference finals are wrapping up just about, so I'll give you a full breakdown of that. I still have to break down the next season. I'll do that as well. And a few news items that's out there that has to be addressed. I'll jump on those as well. All right, guys, that's it. All right, so I thank you once again for listening, and we'll talk soon. So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www allthingsbasketballwithgd.com You can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com To support this podcast you can go to my PayPal and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com Also on my anchor page I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and fan base so once again i thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and take care and be safe